Welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Ruth Browning. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God, for your anointing today. Pray that you'd speak to every one of us, Lord God, and I pray that we'd really want to obey you. That we would be very obedient to your commandments. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Maybe see to give someone a high five. Be loving. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Musos. Awesome. Do you all realise that that's my son? Do you know that? Is there anyone here who did not know that Hudson was my son? Anyone? Oh, you all do. There you go. We all kind of know each other quite well, don't we? Great. He's a great young man. Praise the Lord. So here we are, commandment number four. Chris sends his greetings. He is, uh, he's visiting C3 Tugra today, actually, so that's fun. And uh, last Sunday we had a little trip down the south coast, so he is... Resting and getting ready and getting inspired and encouraged so he can continue to serve you for the next, I don't know, 10, 20 years, 100 years. Okay. I don't, (laughs) that's random. (laughs) Anyway, praise God. So God is good. Let's look at Exodus chapter 20 and verse 8. The fourth commandment. Remember the Sabbath day. Keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you nor your son nor your daughter nor your male servant nor your female servant nor your cattle nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and he rested on the seventh day. Therefore... The Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it or made it holy. So Sabbath from the word Shabbat means quite literally to stop working. And we know that God did this if we look at Genesis 2. It says, thus the heavens and the earth and all the host in them were finished. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done, and he Shabbat, he rested, he stopped On the seventh day, from all the work which he has done. So God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because he rested from all his work which God had made. Now I need to let you know that God was not tired. Okay? God doesn't get tired. He is God. He can endlessly work and endlessly do miracles and all kinds of things. He has, he doesn't get tired. He's all powerful all-conquering and amazing. So why did he rest? It says he stopped working. He rested for us. He rested as a sign for all generations that he wanted us, his people, to rest and to stop. And he instituted this concept of Shabbat or Sabbath, which is very deep actually, goes right through the New Testament into Jesus, which we will look at. He left us a pattern 
to follow. Six days you work and one day is holy. And the world still follows this pattern. How good is that? And you know, if you look at the historians, they don't know why. Nobody knows. I mean, we know, but they don't know why. Why seven days? Why is it seven day week? Because historically, there's no reason. There's no one that came up with it. There's no, there's no, all the other seasons that we have are related to the world. So we know a year is when, you know, the earth travels around the sun. A month is when the moon does its thing. (laughs) A day, you know, is when the earth does its rotation. I mean, there's a reason why the times are the way they are. Why our society recognises that, but not with the week. No, 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 no. And so I'm looking up all these historians and they go, it's probably instituted by the ancient Babylonians. I went, Babylonians? You mean Jews, right? Like, it's from this. We have a seven-day working week because of God. That's because God decided that's what we would have. And when God decides, you can't try to change it because he's God. And he wanted us to have a seven-day week, six days we work, and one day we rest. And actually, people have tried to change it. So in 1793, the French, those French, I tell you, because of their little revolution, they decided to try something new. So they introduced a 10-day week. They said, let's do 10 days. Why should we do seven? Apparently, it didn't work. The French were overworked and depressed. They gave it up. The Russians, 1929, again, a revolution. It's like, let's get rid of all of God's ways. That's not what they think, but that's, well, actually the Russians did think that. But So we've actually got French and Russians here, so we can have a go at you both, can't we? So 1929, the Russians tried a five-day work week. The days were given the names of colours, and everyone had a different day of rest. That way they could keep the labour working all through. How do you think that went? Mass confusion. After a little while, they went back to the seven-day work week, which God has planned. So the only difference that happened with that is that, I've got this a bit later on, but it's worth mentioning now, they decided somewhere along the line, and they think it went down to some mills in England, wanted their Jews to be able to observe their Sabbath on Saturday. So they started to introduce a five-day work week. And Henry Ford leapt on board in 1926. He took the six-day working week down to five. He believed it would make his workers more productive and give them some time, downtime to rest and spend money. So the labour laws were introduced in the USA and Australia and in around about 1940, and so we went down to five days. So praise God for that. So it's actually six days according to God, but uh, now we have five days, and apparently there's even some people muting four days. So (laughs) that's okay. But God's plan is for six, and uh, most of us sort of do end up doing six one way or another. Anyway, let's look at the Sabbath. He says, remember the Sabbath. Remember the Sabbath to make it holy. First of all, I like that this commandment says remember, not you shall. It's remember. Because this principle goes right back to creation. It's a creation principle. It's not a law that Moses instituted. It goes all the way back to creation, which makes it interesting. That's why we follow it too partly, because it's a creation principle. But he also says, keep it holy. 
God, it says he made the Sabbath holy. That's an interesting concept, isn't it? So what do we do to make a day holy? Well, the Jews, whose, by the way, their Sabbath was Saturday. Saturday was, is still the day of rest for, for the Jews, and it was the original Sabbath day, Saturday. So they, they had double the sacrifices on Sabbath. They had extra spiritual activity. The priests were more engaged on the Sabbath. They saw it as a special holy day, and so do we. So Christians, we changed the Sabbath to Sunday because we wanted to recognize that Jesus rose again on the first day of the week, which is Sunday. And so gradually, everybody did. So by AD 321, the first Christian Roman Emperor Constantine decreed Sundays were the official public holiday on which work was forbidden. We see in Acts 27, on the first day of the week, Sunday, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul talked to them and actually he talked to them so long, he prolonged his speech until midnight. That's the funny story where he was talking until midnight and the guy was sitting on the window and he fell out the window because he fell asleep. It's a funny story. And so Paul said, it's all right, it's okay. So, so he, he went, none of you will fall out a window if I preach too long, but you know, obviously he had a little spot there. Fell out the window, Paul went down, raised him from the dead, and then it said, and then he kept preaching until the rest of the, the whole night long. So I won't preach that long. But, um, but yeah, we, so that tradition of having a holy day has been right from the very beginning in the New Testament of, of having a day that we can worship God, that we set aside to focus our energy on God, to worship him. To make it holy by making it special and coming together, offering our spiritual service. In 1 Corinthians 14, it says, when you come together, everyone has a hymn or a word of teaching, a revelation, a tongue or an interpretation. Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. So we come together to serve God. We come together to give. On In 1 Corinthians 16, 2, it says, On the first day of the week, each of you is to put something aside and store it up. Now, these days, of course, we don't, we don't need to store up our cash in our cash boxes because we've got such fancy systems. But the, the idea was, let's remember to give once a week. And then they would store it up and then they would use it wisely. Hebrews 10, 25 says, Don't neglect meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now the day of his return is drawing near. So here we have this whole concept that we we have a Sabbath and it's holy. The disciples said, let's do it on Sunday. And the concept of coming together to worship, to serve and to give is very much a part of the Sabbath. And praise God, that's what we're doing. Remember the Sabbath, keep it holy. Give, serve, worship, do all those things together. Does it have to be on a Sunday? No, actually, it doesn't. The, the, the New Testament is clear that it's not a legal requirement for it to be a Sunday. And we see that some churches get together on Saturday night or Sunday morning or Sunday night. And that's okay. But, you know, we can worship every day of the week. We could get together every day of the week. But it's a little impractical. And so praise God that we have Sundays and that that is a great day we can come together and we may as well take the opportunity to do that and, you know, be glad that we're all free, mostly, on a Sunday. Now, of course, there are some 
jobs that require you to work on a Sunday, and we know that, um, particularly, you know, things like medical work, and that's an obvious one. But I think it's really a blessing and something that we need to celebrate and, and hold on to as much as we can, that we can get together on a Sunday. I think Sunday trading is a terrible shame. I hate it. I loved when I was a child, and I can remember at 11 o'clock on Saturday because the shops shut at 12. Who remembers that? The shops shut at 12. And you quick, 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 get to the shops. Everyone was desperate to get the, the food for the weekend, for the Sunday, and then everything shut except for the, the milk bar up the road. That was the only thing open. But everything shut. And you know what? Families had to get together. People had time for church. It was great. And it's a shame that we introduce Sunday trading. It really is. However, if possible, let's avoid it. Because we want to get together. So, you know, sometimes we have to, we have to personally remember the Sabbath. We have to go, uh, you know, I could get extra, extra hours on a Sunday. I could get, you know, maybe Sunday loading or something special if I do those shifts on a Sunday. But I encourage you to say no. I encourage you to say, you know what, I'm going to put God first. You know, I hear people say, oh, I've got this job and it's on a Sunday. It's so amazing on Sundays. It's like, and then what happens? You won't be coming to church. You won't be making that day holy. Are you breaking the fourth commandment? You need to think about that. Because if you're not making that day holy and you're breaking that, sometimes, sometimes that can be the beginning of, of backsliding, to be honest. I've seen it. So as much as possible, let's not allow anything to steal the Sabbath being holy, Sunday being a holy day when we can worship God together. And it's not just jobs and work that can steal it. Believe me, family gatherings. (laughs) Oh my goodness, when we started this church, our family suddenly decided we were always going to get together on a Sunday morning. And so we just go, oh, that's great. We'd love to come. Yeah, we'll see you at one o'clock. It's like, but this is, this is like, this is our family, this is this, you know, it's always, family's important, and they are, it is important. We go, yeah, oh, yeah, definitely going to be there, see you at one, you know, like, see you at one, that's what I, that's it, that's it. People want to come and visit, it's like, great, we'd love you to come, and we go to church on Sunday morning, so you can join us. Oh, oh, we, no, we, well, we don't want to do that, it's like, oh, okay, well, I guess you could go home at 10, or you could come, or we can just, just be at our home, we'll see you at one. You know, because if you offer the devil an opportunity to steal your holy day of worship, believe me, he will take it. He will take it. I know one woman who started coming to this church and every single Sunday morning her car broke down. She's saying, it's the strangest thing. It just breaks down every Sunday morning. I went, yeah, the devil doesn't want you to come to church because the Bible speaks about not neglecting getting together. And this is when we worship, we pray, we are lifted up. And so I said, what you have to do is you have to say, no matter what happens to my car, I'm coming to church on Sunday. And so she did. And then the next, it happened again. So she was ringing everyone. She got on the train. I think she was quite late, actually, but she was like, I'm getting to church. And then after that, it was okay. You know, you all know, I've shared the story with you how we had the same thing when we started this church. Every single Sunday, we had a child who was sick. Every Sunday. Very sick, like couldn't get out of bed, like floppy sick. Tanya remembers. So, every, and Tony, you were together, I think, at that time. <laughs> every single Sunday, we came to church. We laid out a little bed out in the front here with a little little pillow, and the sick child would lie on the bed like all all Sunday, and then we would go home. And then the next Sunday it would be another. We had four 
The devil had plenty to choose from. We, 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 weren't even, we weren't the least bit worried. We knew exactly what was going on. They would be fine by Monday, I think. I sent them to school anyway, so... <laughs> Oh, I just send them to school. They're fine. <laughs> no, but uh, no, it was, it was a thing. It was obvious. So you don't allow the devil to steal that day because if you allow him to do it, he will. You watch. You be, dis- you, be, you be firm to remember the Sabbath. I keep it holy. I serve God. And let me encourage you, if you are serving God, those high to, on the video, to you know the ones who are out with the kids, He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Spiritual service to God is a blessing. Don't ever think, oh, I want to have a day off, but I've got to worship God. What a drag. It's like, excuse me? Excuse me? What a blessing. When you serve, when you refresh others, you are refreshed. You are refreshed. You feel great when you serve the Lord. I love, I love serving the Lord. I love Put me on any roster. I don't care. It's fun. It's fun. I love it. So we keep the Sabbath holy. The next part of the Sabbath is rest. God said to stop working. Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. God wanted us to just stop. He loves us. He wants us to stop rushing around and doing all this stuff and endlessly busy, busy, busy with a to-do list and there's work and then, and then when you're not at work, you've got this list of things you've got to do in the house and then you've got a list of things and there's so much to do. And he wants us to rest. He wants us to just be blessed. That's why he said, let's have a day to recharge physically emotionally and spiritually. J. John says this, take a day to dethrone work from the center of our existence. A day to stop and reflect, a day to fellowship, enjoy meals, a day that is slower and calmer. We need it. If we don't do it, we will pay a very heavy physical and physiological price. Believe me, we all know that. We've seen depression, stress and anxiety are at all-time high levels because people don't know how to rest. Holidays are important too as part of that. And note, holidays, holy days, it was God also who instituted all those feasts with the Jews, all those lovely, I think there was about seven a year of feasts and holy days also for his people to rest and recharge. God is so good. He looks after us. But let me just remind you, Chris and I just had a little uh, holiday down on the south coast. And (laughs) my husband and I have a slightly different idea of what rest looks like. (laughs) Chris loves activity. So we've, we've figured it out now. We've figured it out. I stay in bed and then I get up and then he goes for his run. While I pray and just have time alone and still time. And then, and then he'll go exploring and do something. He just runs around basically while I, while I read a book or do something. And, but he finds that relaxing. We're all different. And then the only thing was that he decided it would be fun one afternoon to climb Pigeon House Mountain. I know. Like it's, I saw this enormous mountain in the distance. I said, that's 
we're not, that's, we're not climbing that. That's not it, is it? And he's like, yeah, 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 you'll be fine. I'm like, oh, I mean, yeah, like, you know, 10, 20 years ago. But I'm like, oh, that's, that's a big mountain. He goes, yeah, you'll be great, it'll be great. So we get to the mountain and it's just up, 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 up. And after a while, you know, you get the little, little shivers in your legs. Like, I mean, I play hockey, I'm not unfit, but... Oh boy, it just kept going up and up. And I was just like, babe, I, I don't know if I can do this. Because I looked up, there's this sort of huge, big, scary bit at the top. It, there's a mountain and then that's, Captain Cook could see it. And it's like this. I'm not kidding. It's like that. He saw it from this. That's why he called it Pigeon House Mountain. It's shaped like... And I go, well, what happens when we get to that bit? And he goes, oh, there's ladders for that. And I'm like, what? <laughs> anyway... I want, to do it, I want to do something like that again because I, I don't feel like I conquered it in my attitude. I was just a little bit negative. Like, I don't, I don't think I can do it anymore. But come on, you can do it. So he, he, he encouraged me and dragged me up. And then we got to the ladder section where you set lots of ladders. Like, it was a very full-on climb for me. But the, the scary part, I, the worst part was that all the way up, all these other people coming down because they did the morning run. There were like kids doing, you know, like little kids and everyone. And I kept looking and I'm like, I'm older. Old. I was like, I'm definitely the oldest person going up this mountain. <laughs> but anyway, I made it to the top. Yes. Yes. I've got it on film. And I, went, I got to the top and I said, after the ladders, I said, this, this could be my last summit, babe. And he goes, oh, yeah, babe, along with all those other summits that you've conquered, you know, Katandra, you know, Everest, like whatever. Anyway. The big point about going away on holidays is holidays can be exhausting. I do know now, Chris and I do, we manage, we figured it out because we have different styles. It's okay. But the big thing to remember is this, I will give you rest. Whether it's a Sunday or a holiday or whatever it is, actually our rest comes from Jesus. It really does. Because you can have a day, you can go on holidays and have a terrible time. You can go on holidays and fight the whole time. Has anyone ever had that? Don't put your hand up. Because <laughs> you're finally together and you're like, you know, things come out. So we need to know how to go to Jesus for rest. Find our rest in him. So with that in mind, let's look at Romans 14.5. It says this. One person esteems one day above another, another esteems every day alike. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind. He who observes the day observes it to the Lord, and he who does not observe the day to the Lord, I've written it wrong, he who does not observe the day observes it to the Lord, I'm not sure, Can't, does not observe it. Okay. <laughs> um, so back then they disagreed on how to keep the Sabbath. And they disagree. Like, I guess there was some arguments about, whoa, are you changing it from Saturday to Sunday? Like, what's all this about? So the law has been taken out of the Sabbath. It's the principle remains, but the law does not. It's not legal. We're not legalistic about this. We are strong about the fact that we need to meet together because the Bible says we have to meet together to worship. But exactly how we do it, exactly what day and exactly what the rest looks like Each one of us has to consider for ourselves. We have to remember it's a holy day. We have to remember it's a day of rest, but we have to figure it out. And that's why you won't hear a saying, which they have done, by the way, for the last 2,000 years, don't do this, don't do that, don't do that on the Sabbath. 
we don't do that because we are looking for each of you to find what rest means for you in God. But make sure it does mean something. So, for example, should I do normal work, like normal everyday work? Probably not. But if you're a doctor and you're rostered on and you have to, well, yeah. But then find another day for your day of rest because you can't just work forever. Should I study? I know, I know students who decided no study on Sunday, so good for them. Should I do housework? So you have to think about these things because if you're not careful, you can be flat out busy on a Sunday. Bob Mendelssohn was a Jewish friend of ours who came to preach at the church, some of you may remember, and the Jews are very strict with their Sabbath rules, still to this day, and they, uh, Orthodox Jews don't believe in using electricity. So I was uh, listening to a podcast about an Orthodox Jew who, um, who said they, they weren't allowed to use electricity, which meant no TV and all that. He said, but, but we did because we were kids and we wanted to watch. He said, but if, if, you know, granny and granddad were coming over or any of their orthodox friends, quick, turn it off, turn off, the, turn off the TV, pretend we didn't watch it. And this guy, Bob Mendelssohn, he forgot to turn his light off. For the Jews' Sabbath was from Friday night to Saturday night. He forgot to turn the light off on the Friday night. And so he had to go to bed with the light on because you're not allowed to switch the light off. That's part of the rules. He said he was lying in bed with the light blazing in his eyes and he couldn't get to sleep. And he thought, this can't be right. Something, this isn't, is this God? And that was actually the beginning of him deciding to um, seek more truth about what it meant for the Sabbath. But, you know, Jews, no cooking, no opening the fridge. You're not allowed to brush your teeth because you can't put paste on a toothbrush. No washing, no showering, no driving. You can only walk 1.2 kilometres. Orthodox Jews, quite strict. So we don't do that anymore. We don't say that to you. But we, I do ask you to consider all of these other things. You know, what should I play sport on a Sunday? That's a big one. Our, our kids never did nippers because that would mean missing church every Sunday. And I thought, no. And let me just warn you parents to be careful with this one. Because it can, it can start to add up too much. And I know children who've backslid because their parents allowed them to play sport every Sunday. They got out of the habit of going to church. And then they, that's it. They're, they're backsliding. It takes a while to work them back then. So let's think about priorities. And let's consider how God is speaking to us about it, to each one of us. Eric Liddell, a famous Scottish sprinter, very fast. Eventually he was a missionary. He was in the Scottish Olympic team, but he had very strong sense that you should not play sport on a Sunday. Now, that was his conviction in his heart. You might not agree with that, but he felt that from the Holy Spirit for him. And so he refused to run the heats for the 100 metres because they're on a Sunday. He was a 100 metre runner. He said, I won't do it. I won't, I won't break my conviction and my priority to... Keep that day for Jesus. And so, of course, you know, the team was in an uproar and the king was involved. It was quite, quite, you know, quite a, quite a thing. However, they made room for him in the 400 metres. Now, you know, this is back in the, you know, early 1900s, but still, that's a, that's a big change from 100 to 400. So, um, anyway, he won. 
He won the race. He won his heats and won the race, won the gold medal and broke the world record. I, I, like I said, I don't think that would happen in today's specialised society. But, but good on him. You know, God honoured him because he put God first. And that was his conviction and he stuck with it. He eventually he was a missionary. He's a Christian man. He went to China and was killed in a Japanese internment camp at the age of 43. Bless him. So if you want to hear more about that, of course, there was a famous movie called Chariots of Fire, which oh, I love. You should see. It's a classic, lovely, lovely Christian movie. But, you know, that was his conviction. He stuck with it and God blessed him. So you need to know what God is saying to you about how to rest on the Sabbath. It's a, it's a position of trust in God. And I believe that sometimes God will speak to different ones about certain things. He says, I don't want you to do that on Sunday. Because it's tiring you out. It's, it's, it's not working for you. So consider how to do that. Now, if we look at that, it, also, it goes into quite some detail. Don't work. Neither you nor your son nor your daughter, your male servant, your female servant, cattle. He wants the cattle to have a break. I don't know how that works. Or the stranger who's within your gates. So he doesn't even want us to sort of go, oh, I, I, I won't work, but I'll, I'll get the servants to work. You know, back in the day in England, I read about some of these servants. They worked so hard. They worked like 18-hour days. And the, 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 mass, you know, the, the lords and the ladies of the land, they'd all go off to church and come home. And the, they, the servants had all been preparing a meal for them. But that, it's like, guys, it specifically says not to do that. And so, you know, obviously there were some godly ones who didn't do that. And today, I love this story. S. Truett Cathy opened his first restaurant in the USA, making chicken sandwiches and fries in 1946. He said he used to work in restaurants, and having worked seven days a week in restaurants, he said it was exhausting. We were committed to financial success. However, we would not abandon our principles and priorities. And so the most visible example of this was our decision to close on Sundays. My brother Ben and I had attended church all our lives and we were not about to stop just because we owned a restaurant. So to this very day, Chick-fil-A restaurants in the United States are shut on Sundays all around America, and they have 80,000 team members. So they have been blessed. This restaurant has grown immensely, and they are famous for not opening on a Sunday. And if they have a – it costs sometimes because there's certain um, you know, shopping centres that want all of their shops open on a Sunday, so they won't go in them. If, they, if, there's, if there's a showdown, they, they will not do it. So they said that all the, they want their people to have time with their friends and family or obviously to worship. They've had four exceptions, which is good because it's not a law. And those exceptions were in Hurricane Florence um, when they served free chicken sandwiches. There was a, how about this? In the Atlanta airport, there was the, the power shut off one time and thousands of people were stranded in the airport with no food. <laughs> So they opened it then. So a couple of exceptions. But business is booming. And actually some business people say it's possibly a smart, a smart idea because everyone goes like, I can't go on Sunday. Oh, no. So everyone madly goes on Saturday and on Monday because of that deprivation creates desire. So, you know, it's kind of, it's quite, I like it. 
So we're all slightly different on how we take Sabbath, and I really admire that decision. I wish more companies would do it because it would be, it would be great. It would be great for everyone. But anyway, the point is Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath. They criticised the way he had Sabbath. They criticised him for healing and for loving people on the Sabbath. And Jesus, he knew what was the right thing to do on that Sabbath. So... Mark 2.27 says this, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. The big thing about this is that it's not, a, it's not like, oh, okay, fine, I can't study, I can't do work, and I've got to go to church. It's a blessing. It says God blessed the Sabbath. God wants this day to be a blessing for all of you. He wants you to be blessed with rest and blessed to have a happy day and blessed with church. It's not meant to be like a, a deprivation. It's a blessing. It's such a blessing that he's allowed us to do this. And finally, this this is a kind of a big message actually. It turned out to be much bigger than I thought. But I can't go into this too much, but let's look at Hebrews 4.9 just as we come to a close. It says this, there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. So not just it's holy, not just it's rest, but there's something more. Anyone who enters God's rests rests from his own work, just as God did from him, his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will fall by following their example of disobedience. So there is a physical rest and a spiritual rest, but there is also a rest of faith. Jesus is our Sabbath rest. Jesus allows us to stop trying to be a good person and trying to be saved. And we can now rest knowing that he's, his goodness is ours and he saved us. So there's another level of the Sabbath rest, which is very spiritual and which we find in Jesus, which we also have to explore. What does it mean that I no longer have to try and make myself good, that I no have to have to work and try to prove that... That God loves me. It's like, it's okay, you can rest now. Jesus has done all the hard work. So that's the final level of the Sabbath, which is, it's a whole message in itself. Praise God. So, fourth commandment, let's remember this is a special day. Let's make it a day of blessing. Let's remember that God is in charge of our time. And he has said he wants us to have this wonderful day. So let's enjoy it. Let's be blessed. It's a special day. It's a day to remember and it's a holy day. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for giving us a Sabbath rest every week. And I pray for each one of us that you'd help us remember how to keep it. To remember how to, to make it holy for you. and How to enjoy it and be rested. Father, Father, I pray for anyone here who doesn't know what it means to have their rest in Jesus. I pray that you would speak to every one of us to know our rest in you, to be right with you. Thank you, God. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. 
For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. Cheese